The Fast and the Curious is part of the Acast Creators Network. You enjoy it now. Fast and Curious Squad Assemble. Betty Glover. Greg, hello. Christian Hugill. Present and correct, sir. Greg James, team principal. Yes, here. <laughs> I, unfortunately, am unable to join you for the duration of today's podcast because I am now an international television star. Ooh, go on, Greg. Said with no irony. <laughs> you are going to be going for a proper outing with a driver today. Logan Sargent has been sliding into my DMs and he's invited you to spend the day with him at Williams HQ. I think we can do that. More like you've been sliding into his DMs, Greg, but don't worry, <laughs> you can you can try and turn that. Shut up. <laughs> he will be co-hosting the show again. He is one of our favourites. He will answer some listener questions. You can chat about burgers, obviously. But also, he heard us talking about The Sim on the last episode and has booked you both in to do the F1 simulator. I am so jealous. Oh, Greg, you made God. quite a big deal in the last episode of wanting to go on a sim, and then the one episode you miss, we've been invited to go on a sim. How are you feeling about that? Really horribly jealous. I, I, I hope that I get to do this at some point. <laughs> I'm very happy that you're going to get to do it, because I want to hear you two on it I think that would be really fun <laughs> I'm imagining like what was that Simpsons game that you used to play when you were younger <laughs> oh hit and run <laughs> hit and run that's what I'm thinking it's going to be like <laughs> yeah that'll be exactly like that Betty yeah that is how they practice and follow up coach yeah that's uh, spot on good um, lord so are me, are me and Christian going to be racing each other Greg yeah of course you will it will be it will be timed we will we will see who the fastest driver is and, and I actually have got a sneaking suspicion it might be Miss Fabia herself. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Greg, do you happen to know if there are any animals on the sim? And Betty, will you be using your eyes today? And are they in the right place? <laughs> I meant hand-eye coordination. That was what I was trying to talk about. Yeah, the bit we're referring to was this quote from Betty Glover. If the three of us raced each other, I would be very good. Like, I, I, I'm competitive. My eyes are in, like... Your eyes are in what? In the right position, your head? <laughs> you have eyes! My eyes are open. I've got, I've got good eyesight. <laughs> I can see. Anyway, should we move on? <laughs> there we go. They have eyes. The drivers do have eyes. So, enjoy the episode. Enjoy seeing Logan again. I can't wait to get a rundown from you. Greg, we're going to miss you. So we've made it to Williams HQ. There's a bush literally carved into the shape of an F1 car, Christian. So I'm assuming that we're at the right place. Either that or we're at Christian's house. No, I can confirm that's not my bush. <laughs> Are you all right? <laughs> you okay? <laughs> Sorry, I can't hold it together. Um, no, well, do you know what? I'd be very surprised if you did have a bush like that outside your house, to be fair. Um, Christian, I've never been to one of these bases before. Okay, calm, calm. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. Um, yeah, okay. I'm okay. <laughs> while, you, while you calm down. Uh, this is Williams HQ. We're in Grove in Oxfordshire. And the team's HQs are, are where they sort of look through all their data from races. It's where they sort of develop their cars. It's like what Greg said. Uh, they have their simulators here and we're going to have a go on a sort of simulator in a bit, which is very exciting. And if all that wasn't exciting enough, I got to go in the 
museum early before Betty arrived and have a look around all the old F1 car, including like, you know, Jensen Button's first ever F1 car. So that was amazing. So all the teams have these bases, a lot of based in the UK, some are based all around the world. It's where they all sort of base themselves when they're not at the race weekends. And Betty, your first time here. Hopefully not your last. Now you've calmed down. It is my first time here and I can actually see that museum kind of through the glass doors of the reception and it does look really cool. But we're here for a reason though, aren't we, Christian? We're not just walking around here for a bit of banter. We are catching up with Logan Sargent. Now, for anyone who is new to The Fast and the Curious, we were at Silverstone for the first episode and he was very buzzing to uh, get going in F1 and to have his first ever race. He's now done two races and things are looking quite good, aren't they? Yeah, he was so buzzing. He was so excited about making his F1 debut. So I absolutely can't wait to see sort of how he found it, really. So we'll talk to him about his first couple of races. And they've gone really well. You know, he's not managed to score a point yet, but nobody at Williams is too worried about that because at the end of the day, his pace is really good. He's settled into the team really well. He's doing everything he should be. It's been a really, really solid start for Logan. So, uh, you know, it's great that we're going to get to speak to him with him doing so well. I'm really excited to see how he's feeling about it all. Shall we go and find him then and stop standing next to this big bush? In the rain. Yes, I think we should. Logan, thank you so much for coming back on The Fast and the Curious. How are you doing? I'm doing good. A uh, couple races since I last spoke to you guys. Um, it's been a pretty good experience so far. And uh, yeah, ready to get to, to Australia pretty soon. You were so excited. You are one of our first ever driver interviews. And there was that little moment when we were chatting to you and we were talking about being on the grid in Bahrain. And <laughs> you said something like, yeah, it's going to be exciting, nervous. And I could see the excitement in your eyes. So how was it? Honestly, the weekend as a whole was like a dream come true, as you can imagine. And it was sort of, I honestly feel like I did a really good job of being able to stay in the moment and enjoy sort of every session leading up to qualifying. Yeah, the the, the first qualifying, you can imagine the, the 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 amount of adrenaline I had was insane, but it was, it was such a great experience. And then I remember before the race on Sunday when we're sort of going around for the national anthem, you know, we'd already brought the cars to the grid. Everything was just moving so fast <laughs> in terms of like, my surroundings like I, I like everything was happening really quick but once I got strapped in and got going I was I was good as gold and ready for it the engine turns on and it's just uh it's a different world at that point I'm obsessed with the lights moment I think any F1 fan you must have had watching it on the telly the five lights go out and you're watching the lights the heart rate starts going race one of your career oh. what was that moment like so you go through the formation lap where you're just following this procedure to make sure everything's ready. You, you've put you've put everything in the right window to have the best start possible. And sitting there on the grid and you go, the lights start coming on. One, two, three. Oh. And at that point, you're just, you're starting to, to sort of think a bit more than you maybe want to. Yes, About the process and making sure you want to get the start right. You know, everything's just, you're, you can feel your heart beating. That's a tough moment. But once they drop and once you drop the clutch, everything goes out the window and you're just into that zone, I guess. So there's not that moment where you're like, oh my God, this is happening. Or is it like I don't that? think you really have time nah, yeah. to yeah. think about that. I, I think on the on the grid, it was when I was out of the car, sort of waiting. Like when everything was happening quick, it was like, shit, this is moving fast. Like <laughs> this is about to happen kind of thing. But I feel like once you're in, you don't, you can't, you can't be thinking like that. Of course you can't. 
the first one is obviously amplified, yeah. but you know, at the same time, I, I, I feel like you always have a, have a bit of it and you will always be able to remember what it's like to, to sit there on the grid for the first time. I'm pleased for you that you'll remember that because what a special feeling, what a special moment. To be honest, for my first year, I feel like I'm going to feel it more times than not, but <laughs> um, great. it's one of the things that you kind of live for and, and drive for. Like you're sitting on the grid with 20 of the best drivers in the world. Of course you should feel like this is insane. Oh, good. But I'm glad you do because you, you want to enjoy it, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's that's all part of it. Now you've got two races done and dusted. What do you want from the season now? Has 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 that changed? Well, when I asked this at Silverstone, you told me it was a shit question. So is this a fine question now with I two races I think it in? is a fine question because okay. like... You, so when you ask it, it's fine, but okay. You've done well, haven't you? Like, I, I think it's a... Better question now. Yeah. I think don't don't now, help now it her. works, Christian. Now I, it works. I, I, I think I think we still have some question marks in terms of <laughs> in terms of you know team performance. Okay, we've had two races and we've been you know we've been pretty competitive, which has been really nice. We've had chances to finish in the points. We've had chance to qualify well. Some taken, some not, unfortunately. But to be honest, that's what gives us motivation to come and you know perform at our best. And even the team, you know. Every, you can see how motivated everyone is because they know we have a, a chance to actually, you know, make something happen and have a great have a great weekend. When new Formula One drivers come into the sport, they're often judged on their teammate. They're often judged on whether they're getting the most out of the car. How pleased yeah. are you with your start? Because everyone is saying it's uh, gone really well. Pressure's on you now, mate. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the pressure's always on. Uh, so that's, that's no different to, you know, sort of my whole career. I think the biggest thing for me is I've been able to get the pace out of the car relatively quickly but there's a lot of things below the surface that aren't as easy to see that I still have to improve a lot on to have everything become more natural have everything become more second nature and then all of a sudden you're thinking about less things which gives you more time to think about the actual driving you know there's a lot to learn but I think in general I'm ahead of where I where I expected to be and you know I've shown myself two weekends in a row especially at a difficult track like Jeddah that I didn't do it, but I could have had an amazing quality there. So you were really unlucky because you were for, to explain to new listeners. I think you went over the pits yeah. exit. So there's a line when the driver's coming out of the pits. You can't go over the pit exit, but you can't cross that line. Yeah, I mean it. It was my fault. It was in the notes, so it is on me. But I mean, at the same time, they didn't police it the whole weekend, and it was sort of what I had been doing all weekend, and I never got a warning once or anything like that. So it's harsh oh. and. It was sort of a rule that was implemented for one round only. But in saying that, it's my fault. It was in the notes and I didn't back it up. So, Well, listen, you're being harsh on yourself because it was a harsh penalty and it's an easy mistake to make. And the point stands. We were talking to you about before about going into Formula One. You're two races in and you're doing a bloody good job. So you must you must be pleased with yourself. Yeah, no, definitely. I think in general, I think it's it's been an amazing first two rounds. I've enjoyed every second of it. So what is your mindset then going into Australia? I think Australia is another tricky one. I sort of took this approach into Jeddah, which a track that I knew but didn't know great. I knew that there's a lot of risk. Obviously, come quality, you're always going to be fully going for it. But, you know, I really wanted to build my weekend up nicely through the practices and not ask for too much. I have to continue that approach through Australia because I've never been to the track. I have to build up to it nicely, but I still expect by Saturday afternoon when we're going out for quality that I'm going to be right there. You mentioned Australia. And today we have come to see you at Williams HQ. 
and we are sat uh, on some very comfortable sofas, I must say. Well done, everyone, in the <laughs> eSports centre. So it's, it's lovely, it's I must lovely. say. Lovely it is really room. nice in here, isn't it? It's really cool. Just, Logan, describe what we can see, like paint a picture. So we have about 10 home sims, all with amazing PCs and I believe they're all on F1 2023 or 2022. Yeah, the, the latest one. So, yeah. yeah, the latest, the latest version. So me and Betty are about to go and sit in one of these seats with the actual sort of F1 style se- steering wheel in front. <laughs> and we are about to have a race and we're going to race around Australia. You just mentioned the track, so we're going to get to know it a little bit. Yeah. What advice would you give us ahead of going into this sim? So like I said, Australia is a difficult track. It, it bites back. I always like to start with the basics is to find a a good breaking point where I'm going to hit the brake to then have the right rate of deceleration through the corner. Okay. Um, But generally, Australia is quite harsh. So I would, for the rest, just try and keep it on the track. (laughs) To be honest, it's (laughs) it's pretty difficult. Who do you think is going to win this race between me and Christian? If you had to place a bet. Um, have you guys drove Sims before? No. Not in not that sort of setup. No. I played PlayStation games, but never that setup. Have you played F1 games? Yes. And have you? No. <laughs> in saying that, I'm going with Christian. I don't know though. I could be completely wrong. He's such a nice man. He was yeah. so determined not to He he wouldn't he, he knew you straight away, but you're just trying to be nice. It's <laughs> fine. He's definitely trying to be it's nice. It's fine. Shall we go and find out? Let's go do it. Okay, so we are about to be seated. And if we sound a bit different, it's because we've got uh, like actual headsets on, like you see the Formula One teams have on the pit wall, uh, so that we can hear each other alongside the car noises. The seats you effectively lay down, like is the case in Formula One cars, the steering wheels in front of us with approximately 387,000 buttons, none of which I know how to work, we're about ready to pretend to drive a Formula 1 car. On the screen in front of us is the actual Albert Park Melbourne track, which is round three of this year's championship. Uh, Some men are about to fit us into the seats because, frankly, I can't reach the pedals at the moment. I think the plan is for us to have a bit of a practice and then we're going to have an actual race to see who wins out of me and Betty. I'm quite a small man, thank you. <laughs> Five foot nine, average height. Can you put your feet on here? Comfortable or closer? Uh, probably a touch further away, actually. Wow, I feel like I'm literally in a. I feel like I'm about to go for it in an F1 race. What's this one? A break? This is going to be bad, isn't it? Well, hold on. Betty, come on, get grip. Is this me driving now? No. no. Oh, shit! <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Why is it spinning? (laughs) (laughs) Why is it spinning? (laughs) Is my DRS automatic? Yeah, it is. Okay, great. Is my DRS automatic? That's the least of my bloody problems right now. Oh, this is brilliant. I'm having a really nice time. I'm sweating. Right, I've got it now. Betty says, I've got it now, as she's chosen to the gravel. <laughs> oh, it feels amazing. Is this how you thought it would feel, Christian? It's harder than I thought it would feel. Steering is harder. It feels like an arm workout. Yeah, doesn't it? This is, uh, yeah, I think that might be why I'm struggling. <laughs> I've got minor damage to my wing, apparently. 
We're doing a race, are we? Christian. Betty. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Oh, will I see him on my screen? So I can crash into him? I feel like a tactic might be brewing here. OK, you ready? Five lights. Four, three, two, one. We'll wait. OK, into the first corner. I think Betty's going to try and take me out here. Betty's taking the lead into turn one. Betty so. can't talk right now because Betty's concentrating. Betty's in the lead. My tactic is hope Betty goes off Betty's the track the like she's way. done. I'm going to talk you through a lap. Braking hard, it's a right-hander. Clip the apex, get it straight. Accelerate. DRS. Oh, I just got a bit of motion sickness. <laughs> right, slow, slow. I just got a bit of motion sickness. Once you lose control, that's it, you're done. Well, I wouldn't know I've not lost control yet. <laughs> Final corner. Christian Hugill crosses the line to win the Fast and Curious Australian Grand Prix. I'm still going, guys. I can sit back now. Where's the bloody finish line? There, so Betty, I beat you by 50 seconds. I'm pleased to say I won. Yeah, well done. Thanks, I'm really buddy. proud of oh, you. Oh, thank you. Betty, how was that? Honestly, horrendous. Like, I was so bad at it. And when you're talking about breaking in the right point at the corner, Logan, I couldn't do that. What? <laughs> okay, that, it didn't go very well I for me. Do that. You found the wall? I found the wall, I found the gravel, I found was the like grass. all over the place. To be fair, I've been on the sim all day, I've, I found the wall a few times. Did you? Well, so. I'll see, do you know what, it happens to the best of us. So Betty, Betty's fastest lap was about a one minute 50. <laughs> Whoa. That <laughs> 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 reaction says quite a lot there. It was when I crashed, Logan. I couldn't get it going again. <laughs> I did a 120.4, I think was my quickest. Not bad at all. Thank you, I've taken that. Oh, for God's sake. What What are you aiming for? What do you on a sim around Australia? Well, obviously, our F1 sim is just very much based on our car, so... Technically, it won't be as quick as, you know, what a, a, a Red Bull sim would do. But we're expecting to be, which I was doing, in the lower 18s. So I think a low 117 will be pole. That's a prediction. Okay. Okay. So Unless it's wet. If it is dry and all things considered, I think it'll be a low 117. Okay. Well, that's something we've done, isn't it? I mean, I think you found it quite stressful, but we've done it. I found it really stressful. I found it really hot as well. I got... I was, I was, yeah, like, the, really it was, Betty was surprised by how hard it was to steer. Yeah, I didn't like the steering wheel. Okay. In, when I drive... <laughs> In what? <laughs> In Betty's Skoda Fabio, which gets to mention every episode okay. of the podcast. No, but I always, like, when I'm driving, Logan, I always take my hand off the steering wheel. I do it, like, one-handed. Sometimes I even turn... <laughs> Which we Which must point I out, kept, we don't endorse. I kept trying to do it on the sim, so I was like trying to turn like that. It wasn't going well. <laughs> you you mm. look very confused. Logan, you just you stay driving two-handed. Is the, the I mean, yeah, I need to keep two hands on the wheel, don't I? That would be my first piece of advice going back: is to keep two hands on okay, the wheel. Next time. But look, we have got so many questions from people coming in asking us all sorts of stuff about the podcast from our first episode with you that you were on. 
We got so many questions about burgers, but we'll get onto that in a moment. But we've got some more questions. We're going to throw a few at you. Is that okay? Let's do it. First one is from Jed. And we wanted the questions that, you know, I answer questions on this podcast, but I've never driven an F1 car and I never will. So we want some of the ones that only a driver can answer. Jed says, I understand that the drivers are always trying to gain tenths or hundredths or thousandths of a second over their competitors. But how close do those margins actually feel on the track? For example, if a car is two tenths of a second ahead or behind, the mirrors on F1 cars are tiny, aren't they? Can you see someone if they're a second behind? Can you see them if they're two tenths? Actually, with our mirrors, when they're directly behind you, because sort of your body work sort of covers most of what's behind you, so you can't see if they're sitting right right in in your slipstream. But if they're slightly offline, then yeah, you can see them from probably a good couple two three seconds back oh wow yeah. i didn't know you i didn't for some reason i didn't think you would yeah no you you can it it, it can be a little bit blurry yeah you can you can see that they're there so you can there see you go Jed. Up behind you. i've got an actual f1 driver answering that that's good and um, right the next one's from allison she's basically a leadership trainer so she teaches people how to communicate effectively and she says that she's fascinated by the way that you guys talk to your team in the garage during the race um, and basically how calm they are when they talk to you so she wants to know do you work together outside of the race to kind of get to that point to kind of have that trust level i guess so that everyone's relaxed and decisive yeah so a driver mainly well the driver only speaks with their race engineer when they're in session you know it is so important to have that good relationship outside of the track and to really understand each other so that when i say something he or she immediately knows what is needed from myself for myself to go quicker. Because the race engineer is your point of contact to the rest of the team while you're in the car. You will only talk to the race engineer and they will effectively understand you saying, I need more front flap. So that means an adjustment to your front wing and they'll be able to go and say, this is what Logan needs, right? Yeah, so it's it's different from from free practice to quality because free practice, we can change pretty much whatever. Well, we can change anything that we want in the setup. Whereas once we get into quality, all we can change is the front, the front wing flap. A lot of that comes down to the drivers being like, I need one turn of flap, for example. Mm. And what you mean by flap is like making a tweak to the front wing that makes the car easier to drive for you. It makes it respond Uh, to the way you want it to to drive. It doesn't make it easier. All it does is put it more in the window, which ultimately makes it should be easier. Um, But generally in a qualifying session, because the track is sort of evolving after the first run, you you pretty much automatically will put put it a turn of a front wing flap, which gives it more front, more front grip. It gets quite heated though, doesn't it? Between sometimes, like if you watch Drive to Survive, there's so many heated discussions going on, isn't there? Yeah, but I feel like in reality, I feel like, okay, there's definitely moments that get heated, but I feel like you're able to stay in the moment and stay calm. I, I don't feel like we ever get too worked up about a situation, to be honest. That's good. Yeah. If you get too worked up, then you, you can't think clearly yeah, yeah. It's, that's the same in anything so and the majority of the communication with the team is really calm and i and suppose just allison's asking whether you guys work on being calm with each other work on that communication whether that comes quite naturally i think the biggest thing is even if you are frustrated it's to do your best to keep calm i mean there are there's plenty of times well there's a lot of times that drivers get frustrated i mean you hear it sometimes but you know generally within within williams we try to Keep cool. You know, keep cool. And um, it's not something that is, we're not meant to, to, to get frustrated. Yeah. Um, and it, it, or at least show it. Now, 
moving on to a different bit of audience interaction. For those who are new to the podcast, we had Logan on our very first episode and we spoke to Logan for about 45 minutes and there was one line in that chat where we mentioned that Logan being American is you do follow this particular American stereotype if you're a fan of a burger. Mm. As a throwaway line, we said, if you've got any recommendations for burgers in the UK, which Logan might like, let us know. Because Logan says that in the UK, he'd not been able to find a proper American quality burger. Logan, people got in touch in their hundreds. We had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of messages. And even though that podcast went out weeks ago, we are still... Still getting all these messages, Logan, about your burgers. I actually, I don't think I've had a burger since that podcast. Really? So I'm, I'm, I'm getting desperate. We had so many suggestions, but there was a couple of names that came up more than once. Okay. Um, and there was one in particular that came up quite a few times. So we had to get them sort of on board in our hunt to find you a burger in this country. And we're about to speak to someone who hopefully might be able to help you with that. So let's say hello to Murph. Hello, Murph. Hi, Murph. How's it going? You all right? Nice to meet you. Murph, just explain (laughs) who you are for us. So my name's uh, Anthony Murphy. I am the current holder of uh, Burger Chef of the Year. I won uh, both Burger Chef of the Year and Signature Burger of the Year at the National Burger Awards. Big awards. They are, yes. And as well as that, we've also competed in the World Burger Championships. Uh, with our company called The Beefy Boys. And that was in Las Vegas, where we got crowned second in the world, getting the world's second best burger. I, f- I feel like I've heard of that. You probably have. To be honest. Awesome. I I always feel like with burgers, they're they're amazing. And I at the same time, though, I have to stay like, you know, quite strict with the diet. So normally it's just a cheat meal, you know, every once in a while. You've got to make um, it count. Exactly. If if you're gonna do it, you've gotta you've gotta make sure it's a good one. So look, we want to basically design your dream cheat burger. That is what Murph is here for. So Murph, mm-hmm. how do we even start designing this dream burger for Logan? I, I would. I mean, obviously, I, I guess you're going for a beef burger. Yeah, Logan. That's, always. Yeah, of course. I mean, any, any good uh, burger, it's always going to come down to the patty. So fat's where the flavour is. So first of all, you want a good fat content. So anywhere between 20 to 30% fat. Did you know this? Um, no, <laughs> definitely not. You can also look at what cuts of meat uh, you want to go with. Chuck and brisket are good because they have naturally that amount of fat. So how, are you okay with fat for your diet? Is that all right? Yeah, like I said, it's a cheat meal. So as long as it tastes good, it's worth it. So if we were going to build your dream burger... Is the meat in particular that you'd want for your beef or are you happy to let Murph go with his preference? Murph definitely knows what he's talking about more than me. I trust the the advice. What would you like to go with in terms of topping? If you could build your dream burger. So, I mean, cheese is essential and it needs to be the the right cheese. What sort of cheese would you like? Melty cheese. It's got to be melted. It has to be melted. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like keep it local with American. You know? American, yeah. American cheese. cheese, right? I'm 100% with Logan on that one. The single best cheese for a burger. And I know it's not what we would class as real cheese and not the sort of cheese you put on a on a cheese board at Christmas. But to go on a burger, there is no better cheese than classic American cheese. And it's, it's salty, it's delicious. Definitely the way to go. Okay, and garnish? What garnish would you put on it? So I am a pretty standard uh, ketchup mustard kind of guy. I, I also like a... 
I like yellow mustard, but at the same time, I also like a spicy mustard quite a lot. Oh, okay. So we're talking um, spicy burger. Or well, spicy mustard. Spicy, yeah. I would be on the fence of which mustard to go yellow or, or, or spicy, but uh, ketchup mm. is, is is necessary as well. Well, ketchup and mustard are, the cla- are obviously classic burger combo, but you could always bring the spice into your burger in another element if you wanted to, like um, like maybe like finely chopped pickled jalapenos or something like that. Or- it's right up, yeah. You want to go with that? That's, that sounds good. We've got mustard, we've got ketchup. We've got jalapeno, Murph's picking the beef. Anything else you want to add? I like a bit of lettuce in there. Lettuce. Um, Just got to try and pretend to be a bit healthy, haven't you? Stick it in. You gotta get a load of greens in there to feel good about it. A little bit of greens you know? just to make yourself feel better. Um, what what sort of patty style do you like, Logan? Do you prefer a thin patty or a thick patty or a thin patty? I have to go double. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. It's either a, a thin double or a, a single, you know, good one. And do you prefer um, like a sort of thinner smashed patty then, like doubled up, or would you prefer like a thick uh, patty where it's a bit pink in the middle, still a little bit sort of medium? That's me right there. With the okay. slightly thicker, more pink in the middle still. Anything else you'd want to add to this dream burger? Those are my toppings, to be honest. So it's a simple burger. Yeah, I don't go too too crazy. Murph, do you think crazy. we could get that on your menu as a sergeant special? Yeah, 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 100%. That, that, that's dead easy. So we're talking American cheese, two thick patties, ketchup, mustard, uh, some finely chopped jalapenos, some lettuce. Did you want any onion in there? Or you no onion? onion, that's okay. Okay, uh, yeah, 100%. And we could do that either on a brioche bun or a potato bun. Either works for me. Uh, brioche is easier for us. So yeah, brioche would be great. Murph, we'll check in with you soon, but we're going to get that as a special on your menu, yeah? Yeah, yeah, we can sort that out for you. Yeah, no problem. Hey. You are a superstar. Murph, thank you so much for joining us. Lovely to speak to you guys. Thank you. Bye, bye, bye. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that, but hey, you know, I'm, I'm open to... You know, trying for sure. To end on the traditional Formula One question. Can I ask a question just before you do your traditional Formula One question? Yeah, it's fine. All the drivers have these water bottles with really long straws, right? Yeah. Why? Because could you imagine drinking a water bottle through a helmet? You'd be like pouring it all over your face. So it goes in the visor. To go through the helmet. So you put it underneath the helmet and then it it goes into your mouth and you need you need it to be relatively long because so. we only ever see them when you're out of the car and you're all sat there with your long ass straws and I'm like what what are they doing yeah no there's more to it than that it's uh it's so that when we're in the car it makes it easy to, to have a drink <laughs> me and Christian really want to get one we're going to get one at some yeah, point yeah I'd call one yeah, even though I'd never have a helmet on it's yeah. like when you go to the <laughs> cinema and have a frozen ice blast it's like one of those anyway go on big F1 question do the traditional final F1 question all gone very well so far yeah what's the aim for Australia you know, I think the aim is is you know what it always is. I think considering where where we've been in, in terms of pace, you know, I I understand that it's it's, it's going to be a difficult round for me not knowing the knowing the track at all. But um, you know, I always back myself to be there come Saturday afternoon when qualifying comes around and have a good race on Sunday. So that's the plan. Well, we know the track quite well now, Logan. We can give you some tips. So, uh, yeah, I can, <laughs> I can, I can talk to you about the Betty, corners. Where are the, where are the gravel traps? Which walls to watch out for? <laughs> oh, I know them all. I know them all. We were honestly so buzzing to see you do so well in your first couple of races. Having met you at Silverstone and saw how excited you were, we were buzzing for you. So we're so pleased it's going so well. Thank you very yeah. much. But oh. uh, yeah, a lot to come still, so... Well, it's all going well. And if all else fails, you've now got a burger on a UK burger menu. So what more could you ask for? Sorted. Sounds good. (laughs) Logan, go well in Australia. Cool. And we'll speak to you soon. Thank you guys very much. Thank you so much for coming on.
Christian, just me and you on this sofa. Logan Sargent has had to dash off and go back into that sim for another hour. Well, it's ten past five in the afternoon. I thought he'd be going home, but he's no, he's no, doing more sim work than ever stop. He's been doing the sim since 8am in the morning. Can you imagine if me and you had to sit on the... We weren't on like big sims, were we? But... But it shows you, doesn't it, that even this, we were on baby simulators, baby right? Simulators. Not even proper F1 simulators. We did it for like 20 minutes, half an hour. Our arms, our arms were hurting. Yeah. Christian, I was sweating. Like I had sweat dripping off my forehead. Oh, I lovely. Was get, yeah, I was getting so... It's hard though. It is hard. He was a lovely man though, again. He's brilliant. We obviously like him because he's such a lovely guy and so much fun. But he's doing such a good job. Like everyone's been so happy with him his first two races. He's made such an impressive start to his F1 career. His pace is really good. So we're delighted about that. And like I said this after the first time we spoke to him on the first episode, but he had such a smile on his face. Like he just seemed so happy, like he was enjoying it so much. And he had that same smile. But you've interviewed probably more sports people than I have. And you do sometimes get the impression that, like, they're under so much pressure they're not enjoying it, right? They hate it. He's genuinely <laughs> seems like he's really enjoying himself. And you're so right with that smile. He looks like he's buzzing. And uh, it's just so nice to see someone having such a good time in the sport that he's made his debut and it just seems like he's loving every second of it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. We can't sit on this sofa all day. So, Christian, let everyone know how to get in touch with us again, because we love all your questions. Yeah. Keep questions coming in, which you want us to explain on Formula One complicated stuff. Questions for our regular drivers. So if you want to ask us something next time we speak to Pierre Gasly or Lando Norris. Sexy Gasly. Sexy Gasly or Esteban Ocon. Anything like that. There are several ways to get in touch. You can email us fastandcurious at acast.com. You can send us a DM on Instagram, we are Fast Curious Pod, and on TikTok, it is The Fast and The Curious Pod. Get in touch on any of those ways, and we'll put your questions to the drivers, and I'll answer some of the ones that you don't have to have driven a Formula One car to answer. Smashed it. Thanks, mate. We will be back with another podcast before the Australian Grand Prix. Keep your questions coming in to our regular drivers, uh, and we'll also, of course, be back after the Australian Grand Prix as well to talk about what happened. We should go home, and we should let the lovely people at Williams go home for the day as well. We've taken up enough of their time. Bye. Goodbye.